sang this song to me There was a message in his melody Sweetest lyrics that I ever heard There's a message in the songs of birds Tomorrow is another day Living is the only way Tomorrow's gonna ever come Listen to the words of the song And the listeners, I'm Stephanie Wilson Coleman, known as the Empowerment Doctor, and you are listening to a Sip of Inspirations podcast. Joining me today is Latana Franklin, who is a licensed clinical social worker and the founder of The Self Inside. I absolutely love that title, and that title is very descriptive of what she actually does. So I want to thank you for joining me today. I'm going to have to do a little housekeeping before we get started. Um, I want to say thank you to my sponsor, Rise. When you need a supply company to rise to your needs, call Resource Industrial Supply Equipment. And we just picked up a new, a recent sponsor, so I'm going to have to read this. This is uh, from Everything Girls Want. Uh, it is a boutique that actually does personalized accessories such as keychains, glassware, even your own uh, goblets and face mask. And they can be reached at everythinggirlswantllc at gmail.com. So I wanna thank you all uh, for allowing me to thank my sponsors. And now if you go to Facebook, like this page, that's where you're watching this. That's EmpowerDR. I do have a page that is Empowerment Doctor on Facebook, but this is not where this shows up. So you'll have to look at Empower DR. And of course, we'll post it to our list of pe- uh, podcasts and make sure that you can see it on a later date. So with that being said, I want to welcome you. So thank you for joining me. I'm excited. Thank you. <laughs> so excited. Oh, I am too. I am too. And I was just I'm telling so her. These glasses, your glasses are awesome. I think thank you. fantastic. I love them. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, these are my favorite glasses. These are my podcasting. I'm going out in public, showing myself glasses. Then I got oh. my therapist glasses. Those are the brown ones that square and makes me look like a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, so when people come in, because you know, we do have this kind of idea in our mind as to what a therapist looks like, right? It's yeah. Like, we are so wrong for that, y'all. Okay. We are just so yes. wrong for that. <laughs> yes. I had this huge fear when I decided to become a social worker uh-huh. of looking like a social worker. And so I, I was telling my family, like, if I ever look like a social worker in my career, make me retire or make me find something else. Cause I don't want to look like one. I just want to be one. So yes. <laughs> okay. I understand. So <laughs> What made you decide to be a social worker first? Because I know that that's, you know, that's a whole lot of psychology and emotions that we don't often talk about because people do have mm-hmm. reasons for doing what they're doing. So what made you choose that field? Ooh, so honestly, I think I was supposed to be a social worker or work in some type of office um, because at a very young age, the little money gram 
things that you could take for an occurrence exchange, I used uh-huh. to take those and play office at home. And I was like around six or seven. So my mom used to have to come in and fill out paperwork. Why that was intriguing to me, I'm not quite sure. But that was my thing. I didn't want a kitchen. I just wanted you to come in and fill out your paperwork and make have me make my signature. Um, but just through from there and just like growing up, uh, my family was a what they would call back then a low income family. And so we used to have to go get resources from the Salvation Army. And so it was this lady that was in there. And oh, she used to be so mean to my mom. Like, and I used to just watch my mom like tear up and like trying to hold back from cursing this lady out because we needed the resources. Um, and I never just even then, like I never could understand like why someone that was in, you know, in a space to help someone would be uh-huh. so mean. And so I kind of ventured out, not even knowing what she was doing or what it was called. I knew I wanted to be that, which at that time was a caseworker. Um and so like it kind of evolved over time to um, me loving, might sound real weird, but a strong interest in serial killers and wanted to figure out their brains and why they do the things that they do. So my undergrad degree is actually in sociology criminology. So I am one of those individuals that love to like go visit a prison. Everybody like, what? I know. Um, I- My friends would tell you that I love studying serial killers because I too am interested in how the brain works. It's like, how how do they put those together? So yeah, so I understand. I understand. So we'll probably be weird from here, but (laughs) that's that's my soulmate here, guys. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I'm so excited because some people look at me like, "Whoa, whoa, girl. Um, but, um, and from there, like it just, again, I want to evolve. So I went, I had a internship, um, while I was an undergrad, um, on the West side of Chicago at a courthouse. And this is where I first learned about social work. Like I told these amazing women, like, this is what I want to do. Like, uh-huh. I want to learn about how our brain works. I want to help people like get back on track. I want to provide resources, just all of the things. And she was like, oh, girl, you want to become a social worker? I was like, a social worker? I don't want to give out link cards. And she laughed so hard. And I was like, well, like, what, what do they do? Uh, but she gave me, literally, I'm one of those people, if you tell me what to do and it's aligned with what I want or what I need, I'm going to do it. And she laid it out for me and I've literally listened to it since then. So I got my master's um, at Loyola. And um, I started off as a school social worker. Love being in schools. Love, love, love kids. Um, and I worked at a high school for six years, um, and then just went on from there. Okay, you've kind of seen it all at this point. <laughs> so, yep. So let's mm-hmm. talk, let's talk a little bit about what made you start the self inside. Uh, what was your yeah. mission, and how did it? You know, I believe that your calling sort of calls you. So how did it call yes. you? Oh, it called me at that time while I was running. <laughs> I was making my mama fill out that paperwork Um, (laughs) because while in that moment I was filling out paperwork, uh, you know, as a kid outside of that was a lot of trauma. So um, physical abuse, emotional abuse, just all in my home, just because, you know, it's from our communities. Uh Right. And so um, wanting to learn more, um, 
and going, wanting to learn more, learning like my history that I just told you about with like wanting to understand the brain. Um, once I left school social work, I um, entered private practice and the practice I worked in uh, was an all white practice. Um, and I experienced extreme uh, microaggressions. Um, I only stayed there for two months, but I always say like in that moment is when I became black. Like, okay, duh, I was always black. But in that practice, I became black. Um, and there is when I decided that I wanted to work with black women um, because I knew I wasn't the only one that had that experience. Um, and so I wanted to give them a space to talk about what was going on. At the time, I didn't have anyone to talk to. Um, and of course, me being the direct person that I am at times, got gaslighted. Like, nope, <laughs> this isn't happening to you, Latanya. Nope, you're just being overly dramatic. Um, and so that part of the stuff I said, I wanted me to really just hone in on speaking to Black women and Black adolescent girls um, kind of formed out of that, um, out of being at that practice, but also my own healing. I've been in therapy for six years, going on seven years in March of next year. And so I am, <laughs> I don't like to hold the information. So if I get some, I'm like, oh, I got to tell everybody because I can't be the only one out here living my best life. And so going through my healing journey, as well as school at the same time, mm -hmm. um, and learn about trauma, learn about my own trauma, how it's affecting how I was showing up in relationships and showing up in the world and my success, how I was feeling about myself and how I was feeling about my family. Once I understood like how all of this made me me and how it's affecting my little self inside, I had to tell everybody. I'm like, nope. I got to tell everybody. Um, and so with a mix of my own healing and being at this all white practice, um, kind of, I would say, birth the self inside. Tell us about the logo. I think the logo is oh, really cool. Yes. So tell us about the meaning of that logo. Um, the self inside is all about helping Black women and even adolescents come back to them. Uh, our experiences in life takes us further away from who we are at our like core, at our being. Um, trauma takes us away from us. It, I don't know, when you are born, you don't know about racism. You don't know about body types. You don't like, this is just not things that you're born with. And so at your core, you may be an individual just like to have fun. You like to color, you like to paint, you like to do whatever. I want people to get back to that person, to that part of them, who they are at their core um, before the world got to them, before the world told them that coloring doesn't make money or before the world told them their body shape wasn't good enough or that they weren't smart enough. Um, so the self inside is literally like getting back to you, that inner you mm -hmm. um, and mothering that inner you, showing that part of you some self-love and self-compassion so you can show up the way that you want to in present day. Fantastic. How do you approach uh therapy with black children because you know adults don't hardly want to do therapy and then we say hey you know what <laughs> maybe uh -huh. the child needs some therapy you know so how do you approach that and then what would a session look like with the child so that the parents who are, yeah. i know that there are some parents who are looking at today's mm -hmm. show who mm -hmm. are considering counseling yeah for their children and they don't quite know how to approach it. Yeah, um, 
I will. <laughs> if I haven't said it enough already, like I love adolescents. And when I'm in therapy with them, just like I would with, the, with an adult, it's their space. Okay. Like it's for them. And so I'm meeting them where they're at. I am very relational. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not coming in with big words. One, big words make me itch. Like I don't like them. <laughs> so I'm not coming in with big words or making them read stuff. I just want to hear them out. I just want to hear them out. And I would say for um, parents that are looking to bring their kids to therapy, it takes time. Again, that that it's no, they have to get used to me or any therapist that they're working with. It's a, they have to get used to them, have to feel comfortable. So first couple of sessions may look like we playing Monopoly or a video game and not doing work. But in reality, um, I'm slowly like breaking them down. So you right. know, because right. I'm <laughs> a little bit more uh, open to talking to me. Um, and so I really, I approach it in that way. Again, I'm really relaxed, really laid back and I let them have the floor. So we might color, we might, like I say, play a video game. If I have one on hand, we may play cards. And through that opens them up to answering questions that I may have or getting them to talk a little bit more. What are some of the common issues that children may experience, especially now with so much going on with us? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, you're in school, you're not in school, you're working from home, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're schooling at home, you're not schooling from home. Mm-hmm. It's just things are just changing so suddenly, even for adults, I can mm-hmm. imagine it's a real roller mm-hmm. for children. Honestly, with my experience, them being heard. Ah, they're, they're little people. Okay, little humans. Okay, they got emotions. They may be real big emotions, but what adult don't have real big emotions, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like they—they're just little people that want to be heard. That's it. And giving again, like giving my students when I was working at the high school or like doing my internships, just giving them space to just talk. Once they start talking, they will talk. (laughs) They'd be like, okay, like. Um, but yeah like just for them to get heard for them to um to have someone to let to like reassure them and validate them essentially what we want as adults we want to be validated validated we want somebody to hear us um we want to be inspired and guided if you show a kid in my experience that you love them and you want to hear them out and guide them you're not gonna be able to get rid of them <laughs> It'll be a test for you. Yes, and no. Tell all your secrets. That's right. <laughs> so, what are some of the stig? What are some of the stigmas of mental health, and how can we look at it, mental health counseling, differently, so that we can get the skills needed to live our best lives? Yes, yes. Oh, um, that I'm crazy that just something I'm thinking of like things I've heard over time and I still hear um that I am I'm crazy I if I come to noise, uh, I don't know okay <laughs> <laughs> it's okay um that I am am I crazy for wanting to come to therapy does this mean I can't handle my own issues that I'm weak is this against my faith does this mean I don't believe in uh, my God if I come to therapy or I'm giving up um I'm going to go, they're going to send me to a hospital. Um, I'm going to get hospitalized. I have to take medication. This person is going to tell all my business. 
um, and I think I said this too, but uh, I'm this going to therapy takes away from my strength, especially for my black women. So what do you want your potential clients who are listening now, uh, say adults, uh, to know about therapy with you? Because, you know, a lot of adults would love to go, but they're not sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Honestly, with me in particular now, you know, I don't know about all therapists, but my approach approach is I I like to sometimes consider myself like a human diary okay like what what do you tell your diary all like all the things that's going on with you all of what you're experiencing you don't really if you're journaling or writing your diary you're not really having too many things you know sometimes like you can't you want to get everything out um and that's how I really treat my sessions it is a safe space for you to talk about anything there's nothing that's going to make me like sad eye you or like <laughs> judge you. It's really, truly a non-judgmental space. Um, and again, I'm really relational and laid back. I am, whatever questions you have, I am going to answer them to the best of my ability. If I cannot, I will let you know like, mm, sis, I don't know. Let's look that up together. <laughs> or let's read this and try to figure this out. Or okay. let's refer you to someone that can help you. Oh, that's fantastic. I I like that approach. So as we have all experienced in the healthcare field, you need a doctor, you need a therapist, they're full. (laughs) So so I don't know what that's about. It's like, like you can't get a doctor's appointment for six months. So so you need a therapist, you want to work with you. And if your caseload is filled, how can they stay connected to you? Mm -hmm. So I, um, I have a, my social media, media pages. Um, I am the most active on Instagram. I just, I just like Instagram. Um, but I'm mostly on Instagram, um, as well as Facebook. But what I also have is weekly, um, weekly motivational emails that get sent out that you can subscribe on my, um, on my website. That's what I'm trying to say, because I couldn't get the word out. You can subscribe on my website and in there is a weekly video. Um, and then I give out like mental health tips. I give out like a weekly quote or intention um, and also a weekly meditation to kind of center in. So um, in addition to therapy, I believe that there are other ways that you can heal, um, other ways you can heal and like take care of your wellness, not just in therapy. If therapy is not a space for you right now, follow, follow myself or anybody else on Instagram, Facebook, get on some subscription lists, subscription lists that are free. Um, you can also do that as well to receive that wellness. So what's your website? So those who yep. want to join you uh, can know mm-hmm. this. So tell us your website. Yes. So my website is www.theselfinsidellc.com. One more time, because you know some people mm-hmm. know. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> are you your website again? www.theselfinsidellc.com. Okay, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And no um, for all of you listening, please go out there and visit because some I know that whether some of us think we need counseling or therapy or not, to get those tips and to shit to read them and even I'll give you some ideas about how to change some things in your life and 
I think that everyone could use that kind of motivation and inspiration mm -hmm. on a weekly basis. So I want to mm -hmm. thank you for, uh, for doing that for us. So do you provide any other services outside of therapy? Yes. So while uh, therapy is my first love, um, I also love to um, supervise up and coming social workers. Um, so I provide supervision for social workers that are looking to receive the LCSW, the licensed clinical social worker, um, to go sit for the test. Um, you need a certain amount of hours. So I also provide supervision, whether in group or individually. Um, and I also do workshops. I love, love, love workshops. Um, and so if there's an organization or school, I was a school social worker, so they have a special place in my heart, but schools as well as different organizations. If you need a licensed clinical social worker to sit on a panel or develop a workshop for your staff or um, for your students, I love and really enjoy doing those as well. So um, the workshop. So what is out of the ones you offer, which ones do you like to do the best? So I did this workshop. Uh -huh. I should say the most, but okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, it recently, when was it? I think it was in August. Uh, oh, because it's December, that is not recent. Lord, these couple months have been fast. August. I did this I have a girlfriend that says that every day is a Groundhog Day now. Right? <laughs> it so. is. I was like, last week, August, what? Right. Uh, <laughs> I did this um, presentation on um, body positivity and I was so nervous doing it um, because it was not something that I had like a lot of background knowledge on. So a lot of like I had to do research. I read um, I read a book about and I can't believe I forget. Oh, the body is not an apology. Um, I read that book. Um, and I really, really, really enjoy doing it. Um, so that is one I'm like keeping in my back pocket. So any workshops on body positivity, um, I'm here for all to have that conversation. Um, but I love overall, I love doing workshops um, about how people can get to know themselves better. So like being more in tune with themselves. So how can I, um, a workshop I did on self-forgiveness, loved it. Um, anything where I can give you steps to, like tangible steps that you could do on your own, is like my go-to because I, when you come to my workshops, I don't want you to just sit and listen for that hour or two and then leave. Like I want you, I want it to be engaged. And so you're doing things within the workshops. Um, there's going to be things for you that you are going to leave with so you can do and try on your own. So anything about emotions, getting back to yourself, um, self-care, I love all of those. Cool. Um, so I'm a big fan of forgiveness, of self-forgiveness, self uh, uh, or even forgiveness of other people, just forgiveness mm -hmm. in general. So tell us a little bit about some of the techniques you use for people to forgive themselves. Like share one technique. Oh, the first as you as you were asking me that the first word that came to mind that uh, was compassion. Okay, was compassion. Um, to really the and if it's okay, I'll say like the first two steps in like this mm -hmm. um self forgiveness journey. Um, 
is one to really be true and honest about the facts of what you experienced in that moment. Um, what the other person did, what you felt like you did, how you felt, your thoughts, whatever it is, be real honest with yourself what it is. The next step in that um, is to look at a little bit of your background. Why do you think you showed up the way that you did? Once you can figure, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, uh, like why did you show up the way that you did? What made you? What made? Why do you think that other person showed up the way that they did? Like really look at how, what you brought to the table. Once you figure that out, and you may need to stay a little bit in this moment. Uh, you maybe need to stay here a little bit longer in this moment, but show yourself some compassion, meaning like show yourself some love on like why you showed up in that moment. So for example, if I have a, I have an argument with my sister and I noticed like, as I'm sitting down going through this process, that the reason I showed up in that argument the way I did is because I never talked to her a couple months ago. When with the first thing she talked about, or I remember something from when I was younger that I never released. And so now I need to protect myself in that moment. When I get to that compassion stage, I'm going to show myself some compassion by like reminding myself like I was, I still hadn't healed for something in the past. So that's why I showed up the way that I did. And so next, what can I do the next time in order for me not to show up that way again, if that makes sense? It does. It makes a lot of sense. That's a, those are great questions. So uh, for those of you who are listening to this, um, you should try that, <laughs> okay? I think that's pretty cool. I love anything tied to forgiveness because I don't think you can move forward until yeah. you have mm -hmm. forgiven. And as I say, people sometimes think as you forgive others that they're getting a yes. get out of jail free card, but they're not. Mm -hmm. Because unforgiveness, a uh, quote I love is like um, eating rat poison and expecting the rat to die mm -hmm. so you're the one that's actually being hurt by that and not the other person so uh that's some good stuff um so uh so what are some issues i know outside of uh body positivity that you uh come in contact with on a regular basis uh very common um and you know what? And I, I, my brain is telling me to do a many different things because that's what it does when it's excited. Uh, <laughs> but the first thing that came up was I, the issues that I see is really, 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 really tied to my own healing and the whole mission from the self inside. And so the like the referrals, whether they do psychology today or word of mouth that come in, it's about family trauma. Uh. Um, and so rather, rather they know that's what it is, it may come out as, you know, like I'm not feeling as great. So it's, or, you know, I'm feeling really, really down. So it presents as depression or like I'm having angst, you know, I'm having a lot mm -hmm. of thoughts. I'm overthinking things. I'm eating blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, that's anxiety. Um, but the underlining um, thing is childhood trauma and family trauma. Um, and so those individuals, um, I do a lot, a lot of work around getting to their core. So understanding the source of what they're feeling. And once they become self-aware about that source, helping them through um, practicing to know, to know when that part of them is showing up so they can respond differently in the present moment, if that makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. It does. It makes a lot of sense, as a matter of fact. It does. I do a lot around childhood trauma, too, when it comes to finances. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. money? Woo. Oh, yeah. It, uh, every issue we have shows up in how we use our money. Every mm-hmm. issue we have. So uh, I imagine it shows up in food, too, but I know it shows up it in do. money. Yeah. It does show up in food. Food and money. Food yeah. and money, right. So, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, we don't want to talk about food, but we can talk about money because you can't lie about your money because we can see it through your bank account. So <laughs> <laughs> this is so, so, so exciting. So it, when you deal with children, have you noticed that there's an average age uh, where uh, children come to you and they do well? So, or is it too soon, too late or for parents, because I know a lot of parents, as I said earlier, are struggling with, Mm -hmm. you know, are they too young for counseling? Are they too old for counseling? You know, uh, what's, what's an age or, or what kinds of things, if if a parent sees, should trigger them to think we need to do some counseling? Because sometimes we just don't know. Um, As you know, in studying serial killers, you know, when they (laughs) kill that first animal, that should have some counseling, but they didn't, or they just thought they were being, kids would be kids. So, Uh uh, right. So what kinds of things should parents look for? And is there an age group that they need to be concerned about? Age group, I'm not. I believe it. (laughs) My kid's going to be like, oh, my mama, here she go again. <laughs> I don't think, I think everybody deserves a space to sit and release whatever they need to us, a space for them to talk, no matter what age you are. Um, but if we're looking at like symptoms and a, uh, when I mostly see children or children get referred to me, it is because of these big emotions I talked about earlier. So self-regulation. If you um, if you feel like your um, your child is not regulating their emotions well, they are not um, what is it called outburst or like tantrums. Mm-hmm. A lot of that comes, you know, that's when it's like, oh nope, some got to be wrong. <laughs> like <laughs> in the therapy, <laughs> oh they just want to talk. So uh, and I'm like, but those things are real though. So uh, and especially with these last two years, uh, what they've been going through. I'm very confident. There's probably a whole, a lot of big emotions happening in these schools right now because you've you've had me out of school and not learning for a year, and then you put me right back in real fast without a transition plan. Um, and so I think those real big emotions, uh, it's like the the main symptom that I see why people come in with their babies. Um, for adolescents, um, it is. Adolescence is just a hard, it's just a hard <laughs> couple of years, right? right? So it's like, they're not talking to me. They're not, um, I think in that stage, uh, adolescents, they kind of draw into themselves and their friends. So parents don't know very much about what's going on. So having that space of another adult that's really sacred, say, um, sacred for that kid is important. Um, cause during that time is where, um, unfortunately I see a lot of, uh, self-harm or hear a lot of self-harm or mm-hmm. thoughts of suicide, um, because they're harboring so many big emotions in their adolescent bodies that don't know what to do with them and not, and not knowing how to regulate or release those emotions. I do know, uh, suicide rates among children are on the rise and suicide rates mm-hmm. among African-American children have really 
uh, spiked mm -hmm. over the last, uh, I, they were spiking even prior to COVID. And I'm mm -hmm. sure there had to be a lot with feeling invisible in the world as well. Mm -hmm. And just plain racism. Uh, so, parents. So, if you if your kids are going through any of that, then uh, be sure you reach out for counseling. Uh, there is nothing wrong with therapy. Uh, I want parents to know that you're not expected to solve all the problems uh, that you have or your children have. That there is somebody here that can help you. And it sounds like great fun while you're learning and the self inside so it does I while do you're learning really enjoy it yeah see she loves it it's i do <laughs> and i enjoy parents too because i can i don't have children and so a lot of times the space i'm coming from is like what one what books and you know like all my loyola education said but also just the space of being a human being a human that was in an adolescent body and in a six to 10 year old body before. And like, what did I need? Or what do I, mm -hmm. you know, trying to be in that space so I can understand where the child is coming from, uh, but also to understand the parent. To have a, you know, to have a child that is not opening up or you're not sure what's going on and being really scared and also feeling like it's you that have done something wrong. Mm -hmm. When like, nope, it's just not. And I tell my parents that all the time, like, no, you did not do anything wrong. Like you, the fact that you're even sitting here with your baby, like that is huge. That is huge. So even if you don't see any of those symptoms and you just like, girl, like I think my baby needs somebody. I need somebody. You go. I think therapy can just, it can just be a space for you to just talk then and be like, okay, see you next week. Cool. We do have a comment in the, uh, yeah. in the Facebook chat that says, thank you for this. This has been, um, a blessing. So thank you for being here. You're helping people already. And could you give no us problem. your email address for people to get yes. in touch with you? Yes, because I love emails, even if it's just a smiley face. Like y'all, I don't know if I can convey it through virtually or through Zoom, but therapy is my thing. Like that, again, that is my first love. And so to talk, to get to talk about trauma and healing and the different ways to heal and your past and your trauma, hearing stories like that is my thing. So you can absolutely reach out to me at healing at the self inside LLC.com. Okay. And one more time for people who are just getting their pencils. <laughs> yep. Um, healing at the self inside LLC.com. So it's just the same as my email, just, before the ad, you put healing instead of www. Okay, you got that, guys, because um, I know they, they've got a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions. So, um, so we've sort of taken a glimpse into what your program entails. And mm -hmm. uh, so you use, especially with kids, you know, you sort of meet them where they are mm -hmm. and, and get them to open up and they're mm -hmm. comfortable with that. So I think that's pretty mm -hmm. cool. Uh, I With adults, where do you generally start with adults? Ooh. Oh, adults. And I'm thinking about my Black women. Uh, one thing we learned in school to become a therapist is to like stone face not to be relational like you're in there for a purpose if they talk they talk if they don't you stare at them until they talk 
So that's kind of the, <laughs> the seriousness of it. I'm nowhere near that. And, you know, social work people already got my license. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, um, very, very relational. Um, and I don't, I think at this point, like, I don't even, it's not like it's something that I'm trying. So it comes off phony. It's just, um, I'm really, really in- interested in you, literally. Mm-hmm. Who, whoever you is that's looking at this right now, I'm interested in you. So I'm in- interested in your story, why you came to therapy, the goals that you want, and what do you want afterwards. Um, and so it's literally all about you. Uh, ego can go crazy because it's literally all about you when you're in sessions with me. Um, and so from the moment of um, the 15-minute free consultation that you can sign up for on my website, um, that very first phone call is, so what do you need from me? Because I am there, so you're letting me in on your journey, and that to my uh, to me is a privilege because um, you didn't have to do that. Oh, that is fantastic! Uh, so your normal sessions last about how long? After uh, fifty that, minutes. About fifty minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's an initial 15 minute consult call to figure out payment options, your goals for therapy. I can answer any questions you have for me. Um, and that's to really see if we're a good fit because it is in that um, in that 15 minute consult, we come to the conclusion that we're not a good fit, then I'm giving you resources on how to find a therapist um, that suits you. No hard feelings, I swear. Ther- find a therapist to me is like dating. You gotta find a person that you gonna feel good with is gonna treat you right. Um, and so sometimes that is not me. I am not for everybody. Just because I'm black don't mean I'm for every black person <laughs> in Chicago. Okay. So um, and you had a second question because I just went on went on a roll with the beginning um, of that. that that's <laughs> so we know the average, the average time and about yeah. I mean the average length of sessions. Is there a length of time people like six weeks, eight weeks, two years, or or is it according to what they want? According to the goals. Okay, according, according to the goals. goals. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, um, I don't put a time limit on it. If you want me for 10 years, let's go. <laughs> if you need me for two weeks, I'm fine with that too. Okay. Um, it's really up to our goals um, and how um, the person sitting across from me is feeling in that moment. Yeah. Okay. So what steps can a person take to increase or improve their mental wellness on their own? Mm-hmm. Like, starting now what steps mm-hmm. can they take um I don't know if anybody has ever heard of the wellness wheel um yes. and you yes, yes. so yes. wellness wheel is my go-to for my vision boards especially uh, but you can like simply just type into google mm-hmm. uh, wellness board and it tell it gives you many many different pictures but the wellness wheel um essentially has um some have seven some have eight depending on who will you look at but um it kind of represents each part of your life so just for example spirituality um social um how you are socially intellectually your work um emotionally so it look it gives you like a little insert for each section of your life and if you are looking into understanding your wellness I recommend looking up a wellness wheel write down those different sections of your life and take some time to sit in solitude and reflect on how each area of that life is going for yourself um how how is it going now how do you want to feel um and once you have those two things um you can then start planning how you're gonna get there 
Um, and so through that is where um, I am huge on journaling, self-reflection. Um, I also believe in crystals and chakras. I have like crystals sitting in front of me right now. <laughs> Um, and so you can look up these different ways of healing um, that can also aid you in that process as well. But I think a great place to start is really examining those different areas of your life and how they are now and where you want them to be. So then you can start making your plan um, on where you want to go. Um, and I know when people say mental health, they mental health is really just the emotional, psychological part. But mental health, which I like to use mental wellness because it includes every area of your life, all of those areas impact your mental health. If you ain't got no money or no friends and your environment suck, who mental health is going to be on point? Like <laughs> it is going to impact you. Um, and so taking an inventory of how each section of your life is impacting on where it is right now, I think it's a perfect way to start looking at um, mental wellness. Okay, so you all, those of us, those of you who are watching, I expect you to Look up that wellness wheel. So yes, I use a wellness wheel, a financial wheel, <laughs> frustration wheel. There's all kind of wheels, right? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so so <laughs> what makes your particular method or methods more successful than traditional approaches? Because you know what we see now, you, at least we, we sit in the, we lay on the couch, you're sitting in a chair, and you ask a question and we just talk and talk and talk. And okay, our time is up now. So, so mm -hmm. that's what we think happens in counseling. So, so, so what makes your approaches and methods more successful than traditional approaches? Um, <laughs> um, I'm laughing because this, <laughs> so some people may be like, but you arguing in my business then. <laughs> um, because I um I am huge on learning about the past. I know there are some individuals where that doesn't they don't want to do that. They like the past is the past. I want you to tell me how to move forward. Um, and that's fine. That's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I really do believe that you have to heal and go through some forgiveness to get to where you want to be to be unstuck. I think sometimes that's what's, you know, when people say like, I'm stuck, I can't do X, Y, and Z, or I can't move. It's because those things from your past is literally holding you back. And once you become aware of them and release them, um, you're, in my opinion, you're able to move forward to where you want to be. Um, and so in sessions with myself, each time you come in, you're, <laughs> uh, each time you come in, it, I don't know if you all ever seen this meme, but it's like, how will my therapist be started talking about pizza and now I'm crying? Like, how did we, like, how did we get here? <laughs> and so that's kind of sometimes how the sessions work out. We may start off with talking about insecure. That's just on my heart, y'all, tonight, because that's my show and it ended last week. So I'm having feelings, but we may start off our sessions talking about a TV show and it end up talking about a childhood trauma. I, um, I ask questions in a way to help you self-reflect. That is my only job. Again, your brain and your body is doing the work. I'm just there to listen to you um, and direct you so you can start to, to begin like the self-discovery and mm -hmm. the self-reflection. Um, so you can start choosing what you want in life instead of your life choosing for you. So do you have a success story that you could share with anonymous name, with names changed to protect the innocent? <laughs> <laughs> 
so I started private practice um so I mean I graduated in 2014 but I started private practice in 2019 uh, after I left the school um and so I have clients that's been with me since I like <laughs> walked into private practice and I was like I don't know what this is because I absolutely did not think I would be able to see adults when I first started um and so those, and it's seven of them in particular, like seven people that's been with me for since 2019, the summer of 20, the May of 2019, and all seven of them are success stories. Like just, uh, I don't know, sometimes, and I feel like I'm about to tear up, so I'm sorry, y'all, but like just listening to like where they've come from, like they, there are people that sat down with me as I was the first private practice clinician in 2019. It's not the same people that I saw today. So they dominate and take over the session. So I'm they like, oh, Miss, you know, Latanya, I didn't talk the whole session. I was like, you did, but since that's what it's for. And so like hearing them talk about how they're setting boundaries. Here, the 14 year old I have just like sending me an email and saying like, whoo, I just need to get this off my chest. I'm like, okay, <laughs> uh, whatever you need uh, from her not talking to me at all <laughs> for like, a couple months, just like nothing. Um, and so like her sending me emails and venting when she needs to and being real honest with her parents about what she needs or um, a client that is um, some clients that are like looking at their jobs and like how their jobs is training them and figuring out like how they want to move forward with self-care and doing what's best for them. So honestly, to they they are literally my success stories because the the things that I have in my head that I like, I'm like, well, ain't nobody gonna listen to me. And it happens like, okay, I just said that. I don't know if anybody gonna listen. They're literally like um, in charge of their lives and like taking over. And so I'm just like extremely proud of them every time we talk. Ah, oh, that's fantastic. That is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So, <laughs> so going forward, um, what would you say, yeah, let's say, because we sort of lived the last year or so expecting mm -hmm. for life to just miraculously change and we would be able to go back outside again in mm -hmm. January. And I think we put a lot of things on hold uh, because we were awaiting that change, but it doesn't seem like that change is coming. So uh, it looks like we're gonna have more of the same. So what would mm -hmm. you recommend people do? Uh, because at some point they're going to have to figure out as people say, the new normal is like, I don't know that I like that term. I just think it's a change period. And you have to be open to change all the time. Mm -hmm. So how can, so do you recommend that people incorporate some of these things, even from the wellness wheel in their day-to-day -day practice at home so mm -hmm. that they can start to even know how they feel? Because I don't think people really know how mm -hmm. to feel about things yet. Mm -hmm. I think they're just kind of, hiding and they think it went to uh, yeah yeah I think that's what made 2020 so hard for a lot of individuals um especially those individuals that may live alone it was a lot of time with yourself and your thoughts and it's like whoa I'm not ready for her like <laughs> I don't <laughs> 
I can't sit in here all day. Like, I need to go out. Right, right. Brother, itself or you know, spouse, kids, dog. That's you know, dog for me. Um, but I think that's what made it hard because we needed to sit in solitude. Like the pandemic was. I'm we still in it, but like 2020 was a lot. But I think it was a time. Honestly, I think it was a time for a lot of people to self reflect. And to kind of sit in that space. And I think that's why a lot of therapists is probably full at the moment. Um, because sitting in that space alone in solitude, sometimes in quiet, you know, in silence, uh, you get time to learn a little bit more about yourself. And I think from what I've personally learned in 20, um, from 2020, is like what, what I truly want and what I truly, uh, what truly, what I need. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think really understanding who you are, taking time so that wellness will, reaching out to a therapist, looking at, you know, talking to a trusted friend, starting to journal, dabble in meditation, whatever that thing is to you to enhance your self-discovery or start a healing journey. Um, I think that will be wonderful to embark in during this time if (laughs) If we start to reach those uh, quarantine times again, uh, yeah, I I often said that I think the universe gave us one big time out because we were like, it did, yeah, we, it we, did. We were just all over the place. We were just in our trouble too. We were doing anything and everything. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think that you're right. We started to think and reflect more about what it is mm-hmm. we really want, and do we want to live our life like that? Because we yeah. were on a hamster wheel and we didn't give ourselves time to think. So now mm-hmm. we have time to think. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, give us your website again and your email address because I don't want people yes. to forget it. I want them to reach out to you um, and get some, let the good time start to roll. So what's your. Oh, yes. <laughs> so your website again? Yep, my website is www.theselfinsidellc.com. And my email is healing at theselfinsidellc.com. Um, and then if you forget all of that, he's like, I know it's the self inside, just type in to Google the self inside and I'll pop up. <laughs> <laughs> and she's on Instagram, which is her favorite. But she's yes. on Facebook and she can be yeah. found in LinkedIn. And please mm-hmm. go out and subscribe to her website so that you can get some of those great exercises that I think that you that I think we all need. I think we yeah. all need to sit down and become self-reflective. So mm-hmm. uh, as we get ready to close, is there anything mm-hmm. else you want to add to today's session? Um that yes, if yes healing is hard it takes some tears and some ugly cries but it also um it's also is very very rewarding um and i think something that our people need and it's 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 in due time for um i don't think anything that has happened in the last year with all of the race related things was a coincidence you know like I don't think not a coincidence like it was um like it wasn't on purpose like I think all of that needed to happen and um I think it's a time for healing for us healing expansion and and just confidence um and to fully stand in our in who we are and where we come from 
um, healing has to happen so we can fully be um, ourselves authentically and taking care of our little self that's inside. I totally agree. I want to thank you for spending this time with me. Thank um, you. It has been absolutely fantastic. And I want to again thank our sponsors. First one is Rise. When you need a supply company to rise to your needs, call Resource Industrial Supply and Equipment. And again, I want to ask you to check out Everything Girls Want LLC at gmail.com. Their website is egwboutiquekc.com if you want some great accessories, great personalized accessories. Uh, again, like me on Facebook, and that's <laughs> Empower DR. I also like Empowerment Doctor too, but as I said earlier, you're only going to see this podcast on Empower DR on Facebook. We tour on Instagram, LinkedIn, and all the social media. I go to YouTube and look up um, my channel there and like me and all of the other podcasts will be there too. And if you want some cool merchandise, and one day I may do a next show in some of my merchandise. So go out to Etsy and look up Champagne Connection and get some life is too short to drink cheap champagne stuff. So thank you, thank you, thank you again for joining me today. And as I always say, May this day offer you just what you need in each unfolding moment. I want you all to be inspired and to further notice, just celebrate everything. Don't go gently into that good night, but find a heal worth dying for and take it. Be the person that you have been waiting for. Make today so awesome that yesterday gets jealous and above all else, do it your way. I'm Stephanie Wilson Coleman, the Empowerment Doctor, and life is too short to drink cheap champagne. We will see you again next time. Thank you, Latana. It was great. Thank and you. Too. Keep doing all those great Thank things you. because healing is important for us all to do. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Hi, this is Stephanie Wilson Coleman, the Empowerment Doctor. And today I want to encourage you to refuse to be distracted from your goals. Today, I want you to affirm I put my attention on my goals. I reject all distractions. My focus is exactly where it belongs. I choose my decisions and actions based on my goals. There are three self-reflecting questions I want you to consider. One, what am I committed to achieving? Does my focus support achieving that goal? Two, what are the biggest distractions in my life? What can I do to minimize those distractions? And the third question is, what would happen in the next year if I could avoid 90% of the distractions in my life and work on my goals consistently? Remember, I want you to use these steps and the answers to these questions to determine how you can refuse to be distracted from your goals. I'm Stephanie Wilson Coleman, the Empowerment Doctor. And as I always say, life is too short to drink cheap champagne. Dream big. Have a great day. Short 
Strawberries, what? 